Next on this holiday edition of MLR Weekly, Kimball Care, the CEO of the Utah Warriors, Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, and John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. Rugby Wrap-Ups MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City, the world's best rugby pub. And Lean and & Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Presented by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in New York City on this Thanksgiving holiday week. And we hope you're having a great holiday with family and friends if you do celebrate Thanksgiving. And if you don't or you do, we have a great show either way. We have Kimball Care, the CEO of the Utah Warriors. We have Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with all kinds of good stuff. But before we get to any of that, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John, uh, welcome. Where are you? Well, Matt, safety first. I got to put on my seatbelt because I'm hitting the road. It is Thanksgiving week. Headed off to the parents in West Virginia. West Virginia. And a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I am just very excited about the New York Sevens tournament taking place. Of course, it's always the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So I'll see you on the field, right? Absolutely. I'll be there. Excellent. What do you got for us, John? Hey, Matt, a couple of things. One, we got a lot of things to be thankful. We'll cover that in a second. But Old Glory DC has to be thankful that they've signed young gun Logan Widener. He's a big guy. He's a lock. Interesting thing about him is that he's played age grade for both Canada and the USA, but he has signed a three-year deal with Old Glory DC. If you're Scott Lawrence, you got to be pretty happy that he is coming down south to the U.S. Yeah, and they locked him up down in D.C. for three years. And you don't, you know, you don't just grow six foot five plus on trees. That's a load of a young man. Good signing for them. And Scott Lawrence, not always emotional, was seen doing backwards somersaults uh, outside the USA Rugby uh, interim head coach offices. You think we'll ever see him dance like the Razor down in New Zealand? Uh, I just want to see the Razor dance like that as an All Blacks coach. You know, that would be remarkable and then the second most remarkable thing would be scott lawrence doing it as well next hey let's move on there was a big trade between the chicago hounds and the san diego legion the san diego legion a little bit of head scratcher here they sent scrum half jason higgins to the chicago hounds for hooker Hugh roach now what do you think of that one well as brian ray will talk about later in the program because i know you didn't see the notes on the program while you're in your car uh, he, uh, San Diego's in need of a hooker, plain and simple. Next! Aren't we all, Matt? Aren't we all? But hey, Matt, <laughs> I wanted to just say, <laughs> aren't we a lot to be thankful for? Certainly, let's talk MLR real quickly on the competition update. We know that there are going to be 13 teams. Yes. A schedule coming out soon, Matt. you got to be thankful that there's going to be a seventh season in 2024. Oh, I, I'm very thankful, and I'm thankful that you brought up the thankful shtick. Next, Matt, last thing here. I think a lot to be thankful for for the men's Eagles. I feel like we're trending in the right direction going into 2024. 13 games, I think, on the schedule. The Pacific Nations Cup. Potentially Scott Lawrence getting the interim tag removed. 
you got to feel good that 2023 is looking up going into 2024. Yeah, some steps forward, steps in the right direction. We like that. Anything else, John? No, Matt, just a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And I'm so thankful that all of us in the rugby community have this to look forward to each and every single week because of you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and I'm, I'm hoping that your Thanksgiving was beautiful as well. On that note, we have to take a break and come back right after this. Digs like a demented mole there. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we are back with Mr. Kimball Care, the CEO of the Utah Warriors. And Kimball, it's great to have you back. All right, so Kimball, let's let's get to some topics. We're going to talk a little bit about the offseason. We're going to talk about the potential unionization of players. Uh, your expectations for the next season. All right, so let's start with the offseason. It's been a good one for the Utah Warriors, who are coming off a 10-win season for the first time. Yeah. Listen, you, you know, we we it's kind of weird to say this, but we scraped a 10-win season together um, last, last year with new coaches or a new head coach, uh, kind of a new environment and culture that we were trying to shift. Uh, in a very positive direction. And we began to, to see some of the fruits there. There were probably two or three games that, you know, we let, uh, you know, slip away when we probably shouldn't have, especially, you know, that last home game and, you know, a few others on the road. But, um, you know, listen, a good foundation was laid uh, and we're, we've been able to spend a lot of good time building energy, excitement, and, you know, uh, some positivity on top of uh, of all of that with, you know, some new coaching hires with Brendan, uh, Jimmy, um, you know, we promoted Robbie to, to not only be uh, our forwards coach, but he's also going to be working with our pathway, kind of our developmental infrastructure. Um, so we're starting to get more of our, our top level coaches down into our community and our pathway to be able to help bring people up through that, that environment. Um, you know, I think there's some pretty positive things that, uh, you know, we're looking at heading into 2024. And you bring it back, Paul Mullen, who is from the Aran Islands, uh, which is basically was the last place that the Irish were able to speak Gaelic. Is there any truth to the rumor that Paul has now insisted that he'll only do interviews in Gaelic and that you have to hire a, a Gaelic translator. Listen, if that's the case, I would pay money to see this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Paul Mullen's got such a, a witty character and kind of a dry sense of humor, and he's always kind of pulling jokes on the guys. He's just got really good, uh, you know, Irish sarcasm that is always fun to have in, in the locker room and in the environment. And uh, if, yeah, if he's starting to pull off the Gaelic, you, you know, speaking in tongues, then by all means, I am, I am their front row seat. Uh, so what are your expectations for next year? Undefeated season, uh, hoisting the shield. I, I think really what, it, what, what, what I'm looking forward to is, you know, we've got so much energy and excitement with this new coaching staff, with uh, the players, we're, we're moving into some new, a new space. Uh, we're actually going to be looking at when the schedule gets released here, 
Uh, we're going to be making an announcement about uh, some some big things that we're going to be doing at the end of next season uh, in the Feel coming. Feel free week. to make them right here and now, Kimball. Uh, just I'll, maybe I'll tease it. I'll, I'll set it up, and then you know we can circle back in, in okay. a couple of weeks. I can make the announcement here with you. How about All right. that? Okay, we'll run. But uh, it's it's something that we're 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 continuing to try to push the dial and make Utah uh, you know front and center not only for the MLR but for rugby here in North America and. Um, you know, for me, it, it's a lot of excitement and energy uh, with because of all the hard work that's been going in. So I, I feel optimistic about where this team's going to land, um, you know, and as Greg has, you know, said publicly as well as, you know, privately in my conversations with him is as long as we make the playoffs, it doesn't really matter where we land because uh, any, anything can happen. You know, we saw that last year, uh, even with New England, the year before with New York. It doesn't really matter where you land uh, on the, the the point standings. As long as you're in the hunt for the playoff in the playoffs, you know, then then go after it. So that's really what what my hope and expectation is that we're right in the hunt. So let's let's talk about the unionization thing that's that's uh, looming in February. The players are going to vote uh, as of now. They're going to have a mail-in vote to see if they're going to unionize. What's your take on this in terms of? how it might affect your day-to-day operations as a CEO? Well, I mean, I mean, listen, I think, um, you know, there's the the public statement that the MLR has made, and it's similar to what I would say, which is we welcome the conversation. We welcome the opportunity to have these discussions, and, and we want all the players to make sure that they're informed and their understanding of what this means, uh, you know, in terms of what this vote entails. Uh, so that's the first thing. Like, we want them to understand that, you know, when this vote is being had, what that could uh, effectively do to the MLR, to each of the individual players, there are ramifications that will come from that. And, and it's important for everyone to understand that. Um, but, you know, I think the second thing from that is that we want all the players to vote. We want them to have a, a voice. We want them to have say as to how, um, you know, their personal and their professional careers are managed. Um, so we want to make sure that they have the opportunity to cast their vote and to, to be involved in in what that um, unionization effort looks like. So this isn't anything from, you know, from my perspective, you know, as the Utah Warriors, that we don't want um, to be involved and we don't want the players to be engaged in this. In fact, we want it to be quite the opposite. Um, and at the end of the day, it, it's it's a conversation of kind of where we're at as, as a league and as a sport here in North America. And uh, if people can understand some of those dynamics, then, you know, I think the, the clear picture of where and how this needs to, to be managed, um, you know, will, will really set in. What is the difference between a union and a players association? Because I've had members of both sides of this argument talk to me off camera, and there seems to be some kind of room, wiggle room to withdraw the petition to unionize with the NRLB, the National Labor Relations Board, I think I, whatever one of that is, yep. uh, and have a players association, which some say is the same thing and some say is not the same thing. Well, I, I think the bottom line is, is it's not necessarily what I would define. It's what the U.S. government defines it as, right? Uh, a union, uh, as defined by the national, uh, the NLRB, um, is is a, an entity that is uh, the, the the agency by which certain employees for a certain classification of a of a group of of individuals, whether it's from a manufacturing, it's largely 
uh, a group that was set up and a law that was set up back in you know the late 19th century, early 20th century to help protect manufacturing uh, workers and you know automotive workers, you know large labor uh, relations union uh, organizations uh, and. You know, the NLRB is set up largely to to protect those types of groups to be able to make sure that, you know, they're not working 80 hours a week for, you know, 10 cents on the dollar, that kind of thing. Those are rugby wrap up wages. <laughs> I thought it was for free. Yeah. Well, after after the expenses. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Historically, here in the U.S., when you when you file a petition with the NLRB, you're effectively asking to be recognized as a union similar to the Teamsters and others. Um, you know where that group now has all uh, you know human capital and, and voting rights uh, or representation rights for those people that work within that that sphere of of uh, of influence. Um, and so you know. In other countries, in other rugby playing countries, a players association or a union is kind of a, a, a loosely defined group that's a little bit more organized than than others um, that has a voice and is involved with uh, the conversation within, um, you know, the rugby unions, um, you know, kind of the governing entities, the professional gaming boards, you know, that sort of thing. It's not a you know, government sanctioned and recognized body like it would be here in the US. I think at the end of the day, common sense is always, you know, best achieved by actually having discourse and 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 conversations with other people face to face. But you know, what's happened here is I think both sides are kind of pointing the finger at each other. You know, there's the USRPA saying the MLR won't talk and hasn't talked. And historically they've had a talk track that said that there's been no communication or little communication and you know so on and so forth and you know at the end of the day the MLR and some of the owners are going to say well you you guys are the ones that filed this petition with the NLRB and now you know you kind of have a, a gun being held to our head that sort of thing so it's it's one of those things where we're kind of at a point where i think everyone just needs to take a deep breath and, yeah. and understand what's happening yeah and what this could do for the game here in North America but more fundamentally and this is my biggest concern is like what this could do for the players i wanted to change gears a little bit and talk about a certain player on your side of the Utah Warriors who has put to bed for those out there that are making this uh, uh the U the MLR is not contributing to the eagle pool oh yeah who just lit up the the tri zone the last two games for Team USA in huge wins for them on the road. And they're building their baby steps and building blocks, folks. So stay, save your Reddit letters. But how about that kid that plays on the wing for you? Yeah, Joe Mono's awesome. Um, you know, and it, it, listen, this is he's a perfect example of the type of talent that we have here in Utah, but also that I believe we have here in the United States. You know, we had uh, – about three, four years ago, we had a, a an open trial of sorts for our, our Utah selects, which is our developmental team. And uh, he came out for that, impressed enough that we, we said, okay, let's give this guy a, a, a look. So there was a couple things that he needed a, a little bit of experience, uh, you know, in development in. But I mean, good heavens, you know, you put that guy in a five meter box, he'll juke you out of your shorts. Yeah. Uh, and his, his, his 10 to 20 meter, you know, speed is just it's hard to replicate um and you match that up against the physicality he doesn't slump uh, he he'll he'll whack people he's one of those players that um i i fundamentally believe if we can continue to develop here inside of the mlr 
uh, we can provide you know additional resources to help the U.S. national team in 2027 and beyond. Excellent. An impact player from the MLR that wouldn't have been on the radar otherwise. So put that in your pipes and spoke it, uh, you, you bashers out there. On that note, enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving holiday, sir. You too. Thanks, Matt. So we'll be right back with Brian Ray of America's Rugby News after this. I wouldn't like to be at the bottom of that. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub. The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? bring in Brian Ray. I wanted to salute the coolest sevens tournament on the planet, the New York Sevens by the New York Rugby Club. They've been around since 1929. The tournament's been around since the late 50s. It doesn't get better than New York City and Sevens. Get there if you can. Randall's Island, there'll be male and female teams, great competitions, great fun. And if you can't get there, watch it on the web. And we're back with the esteemed, the great, Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. You can also find him confusingly on Twitter as at Ray's Rugby or America's Rugby without the news. Brian, how are you? Welcome back. Doing all right. Yeah, how about that? Two uh, 40 plus point wins for two North American teams in Test Rugby. When's the last time that happened? I wonder if that's ever happened. I'll save the best for last. So we'll start with Canada. Uh, they got the result. They got the win. They kind of had to get a win. They kind of played like they knew that they had to get a win. Let's be honest. That's a bad Brazil team. This team, that Brazil, that poor Brazil team, has just dropped so dramatically in level since 2018. Worse than Canada, obviously. Uh, which is just a terrible shame and kind of an indictment of world rugby again but anyways uh getting back to the game good strong performance from the canadian forwards attack didn't really show much they kind of said hey let's just get a win here and, and do what we know what we can do and and uh, you know these guys are tired they're unfit we're just going to get the job done lucas rumble leading the way three tries so so yeah I, you know from that perspective uh it's nice to get a little bit of confidence to know that hey you know we can't actually beat the teams that we're supposed to beat it was like i'm not gonna lie 10 nothing down to Brazil 15 minutes into the game wasn't looking great. So uh, I'm glad that they kind of, uh, you know, rebounded and, and got the win in the end. Which ledge were you standing on? The one, the, the Eastern ledge or the Western? Oh boy. That, 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 it was stressful, but uh, you know, I, I, to be honest, I didn't really actually think they were going to lose even down 10, nothing. I knew that Brazil team was going to get tired you know, maybe I thought, well, you know, this is going to be an ugly win where we win by like 
five points or something dumb like that, which would have been really bad. But uh, no, to their credit, they they got the job done. It wasn't a great performance by any stretch of any imagination. In my mind, this tour showed absolutely no improvement under a coach that is completely under fire and should be gone. But um, hey, I'm glad for the boys that they got the win. And you had some uh, unkind words for Gareth Reese on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if it's unkind. He's a compadre of mine, you know. It's frustration. It's frustration. Look, Gareth Reese is one of the best rugby players our country, uh, some would say the best that Canada has ever produced. Uh, He's obviously, you know, he's been a tremendous servant for rugby in this country. He still holds a lot of, he's still an employee of Rugby Canada, but he gets on there in the commentary and he's saying, hey, it's marvelous to see Spain is going to have Pablo Buza as their new coach. And he says, Scott Lawrence has said such a great impression on the American team. And it doesn't, I mean, is the irony not lost on him that the worst results are Canada and they're the team keeping their coach? And why? Well, partly because he's a good friend of Gareth Reese. So he has to understand that it's a little wait bit frustrating for us. You, know, so you can't possibly be intimating that. Oh, no. Imagine that. Saying what everybody knows. He's got his job because of Gareth Reese. That's the only reason he's got his job. <laughs> That's not the only reason, but it's part of the reason. It's absolutely part of the reason. Of the reason. I don't much? know. I don't know. I can't. I'm not in there in the boardrooms, but it's absolutely part of the reason because Gareth Reese is backing him. That's part of the reason. Uh, and everybody knows it is. So, and it's, you know, it's well, part of the reason. Uh, come on. Come on. So it, it's frustrating. It, it, you know, I, I understand he's loyal. It's his friend. But, you know, in my mind, it's not helping Canadian rugby. All right. Let's, let's, this is, uh, this this we could talk like for two weeks on a show about Canadian rugby with you. Now I'm going to ask you to put your uh, Uncle Sam hat on and tell me about what you thought about the, the uh, Eagles. Uh, that was great. Uh, you know, uh, did anybody really, even though this was, you know, not the strongest Spain lineup, we knew that coming in. They lost a couple other players in between from the first uh, test. But, you know, uh, I certainly didn't think they were going to win by 30 points. I thought they were going to win, but I thought it would be a tight game. So, uh, yeah, and... You know, they, they look like they're having fun out there. You know, they're making intercepts. Yeah, you know, Spain's throwing the ball away. You have to say that as well. They they played poorly. A couple of those were gimmies. Uh, but they played with ambition. You know, uh, Cardi's putting cross kicks over. Joe Mano just barely slips through his fingers. That could have been another try. Uh, you know, they look like they're enjoying their rugby out there. You can bench see. Him. You got a bench Mano right there. Just bench. Uh, absolutely drop them uh, you can see the difference in the the energy that those guys have right now they're just feeling they look better as a team they're more cohesive they're feeling better they have more energy i i was impressed i thought they went well obviously it wasn't perfect but uh but so what i mean the return from those two games 50 point no what was that what's my uh, my math is way off here 90 points yeah. 90 points they scored in, in in two games i don't know how you can possibly you know really complain about but 42 points on, on a spain team that you know, the week before had done a pretty good number in Canada. That's that's pretty solid. Um, so I got, you know, nothing but good things to say about that and a great way for uh, Nate Brinkley to go out to, in his his Eagles tenure. So, uh, you know, congrats to them. Congrats to the team. And, and well done, Scott Lawrence. Well, you bring up Nate Brinkley and my intel, which may or may not be wrong, but it, it, it likely is correct, is that he has retired from the MLR. And with his wife, 
and career in mind, moved back to the Boston area. What do you make of that? Well, I think that's a big loss for New York. I mean, frankly, if I was naming an all-time MLR team right now of the first six years of MLR, Brinkley's in the team for sure. And he certainly, you know, didn't look like he was old or slow last season. I thought he was very, I mean, you saw the impact uh, when he was missing come the postseason, uh, the game against Old Glory, right? He was missing and, and that really hurt them. Um, I certainly think he has rugby left in him at the MLR level if he wants to do that. So maybe Mr. Tom Kiley is going to be knocking on his door when he arrives in Boston. Um, so, you know, I'd love to see him play again uh, in MLR, but uh, if that's the decision, then, hey, he's he's had a tremendous career and uh, and kudos to him. Well done, Nate Brinkley. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, uh, I – seeing him in Free Jack's uh, hoops – it would be like seeing – well, Roger Clemens did pitch for the Yankees, so there's that. But one thing about Nate is that he is really smart, number one. And number two, he's got a great effect on his fellow players. And he leads by example. And those three attributes are not easy to find. So replacing them is going to be difficult. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you don't get – Domestic locks and MLR of that of the caliber. And he's just a tremendous competitor, tremendous leader, and he he does everything. So good at the breakdown. I mean, he's a he's an outstanding player. I'd almost underrated at international level for you know thirty four caps. I think if the Eagles just had more games during that time, he would have had uh, quite a few more. Um, never let his country down. Never let his team down. He's been uh, he's been he's been fantastic. Yeah, and he does have a lot of rugby in, in in left in him as far as you and I are concerned. But he's a guy that's always like one of the smarter guys in the room making smart decisions. So I, I'm going to tip my cap to him and defer and say, hey, man, I'm just happy that you're going out under your own terms, which is a unique thing in professional sports, right? Absolutely. Circling back to the Eagles, what do you think of Scott Lawrence? Well, I think I, I made my thoughts pretty clear on, on Twitter for those who are following, uh, you know, I don't know what more you could have asked for the guy from the time that he's been with the team this year. Uh, you know, you know, I saw a comment about a, a loss to Portugal and Georgia or something. Those are, you know, Portugal, definitely I think he'd want that one back, but I thought it was a very respectable performance against a good Georgia t- Georgia team, and he had just taken over. Uh, again, I, I think you see the energy in the team, uh, the ways things have turned around. Every, every comment that I'm hearing from camp is positive, completely positive. So, I don't know why you would not want to keep, uh, you know, a young American coach who knows the landscape. He's got a nice group of assistant coaches underneath him, uh, working that like that, and and you can see the impact he's making on the whole program, the under twenties, everything, uh, the way he's integrating, uh, you know, everything within that system. I I think it would be nuts, frankly, uh, to not give him the permanent spot. Agreed, and he had a resounding endorsement from Alex Corbacero, the all-world prop turned all-world broadcaster. And Alex went out of his way on social media to say exactly what you're saying. And I'm saying, well, if Ray and Corbs are in on it, McCarthy's in on it. So, because I just piggyback whatever you two do anyway. So, I, I yeah, I can't agree more. Give Scott Lawrence, who commands a clubhouse, but also knows the American rugby landscape and Canadian rugby landscape, arguably better than anybody else. And that's a key element here, a key element. You can't come over from overseas where England is tiny that you could put in New York and expect to know what 
the United States and coaching and rugby is like on this grass, this landscape. Final thoughts, Brian. Just a shout out to these guys, Chicago Hounds Academy, playing their first ever game against uh, Houston, a rugby HDX, that academy. Love to see MLR Academy teams playing. Congrats to the Hounds for getting a win in their first game. So more of that, please. I hope we see some of that in the regular season. We'd love to see academy sides playing midweek. And on that note, we are out of time. I want to thank you, Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, and thank John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning, and thank Kimball Care, the CEO of the Utah Warriors, and thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the critically acclaimed The Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Tell a friend about us. Sign up for our weekly newsletter, and please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.